Hello ladies and gentlemen, it is 2020, my name is Luke Hatfield and believe it or not we're back. The Albion podcast, the Baggies broadcast is back and I'm delighted to be joined by a man who traded in his laptop, he traded in his dictaphone, he traded in talking to Savan Bilic for changing nappies once more. Joe Massey. I'm actually grinning, mate. I'm actually grinning to be back. You're so happy, aren't I'm you? I'm so happy. You're happy as well, aren't you? So-so. Uh, you are. You're loving it. Yeah, I mean, it's lovely to be back, isn't it? I am genuinely, I'm genuinely, um, I genuinely miss this podcast, mate. I've genuinely missed this podcast. Sitting down with you for an hour and a bit every week, talking about Albion. It's just good, isn't it? It's just good fun. We so, did. yeah, delighted to be back. I've missed you too, but I'll tell you what, the masses have missed you. Oh, do you think? We've been having people tweeting me all the time. I've been having people... I mean, I, I basically did your job while you were gone. You did. I mean, you did I just, it very well as well. I, <laughs> I mean, I thought it would go to absolute, like... But you, you kept it together. Well, I wanted, I wanted <laughs> you to finish that sentence. What was it going to turn well, we've into? Well, we've had a few swear things that to be bleeped out. Let's not do it in the first minute. Yeah, let's not. We'll, we'll hold it for later on in the podcast. But no, I was basically doing your job for you. But the amount of times I was tweeted saying, when is Joe Massey back? When is oh, Joe Massey back? Nice, when is it? the podcast back? Uh, and it's back today, the 13th of January in 2020. When was our last one? It was a oh, long time ago. It was a long ago. time ago. I can't even remember when it was. I mean, it was yeah, last decade. That's how long ago it was. It was the last decade, yeah. <laughs> That's right. A uh, little bit disappointed in you, to be honest. Um, had some prime baby names. Uh, Lionel was one suggested. Lionel Massey. Lionel, Not Lionel many Massey. people have the chance to go with that name. It's a lot of pressure on the boy, isn't it? If you call him Lion, oh, there's a lot of pressure on the boy. He's, he's going to be good though, isn't it? Do you like the name Leo? That was, I think that did come under consideration for a spam. My wife does like that name. But Leo Massey. Leo Massey, yeah, I mean, I can't believe you didn't go with my suggestion, Luke Mateus Grady. Luke Mateus Grady. That would have been a brilliant name. I would love to call him, have called him Mateus, just because I love Pereira so much. But I went for my favourite player, didn't I? How Robson Carney actually yeah. called Thomas. Thomas, Thomas. Yeah, so my little boy's called Thomas. Thomas James. Thomas James, yeah, Thomas that's right. James Massey. Um... Many nappy changes for you so far? Oh, mate, it's been absolutely mental. It's been absolutely mental, yeah. It's crazy, absolutely crazy. We had a mental couple of weeks, but we're doing all right now. I had a tough few weeks, it was difficult. Mm. At one stage, it felt like like, we were just hit by loads of different things, but uh, we're all good now, we're all good. Thank you very much. Good to hear. Um, Back at the game with you as well. It was nice to be back at the game with you over the weekend. Um... I felt like I said, little, we, had, we, had, we had three people on the video, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And I was just going to say about that. I mean, we were doing our video, we were doing our post-match video, uh, and it wouldn't be a post-match video if there wasn't something strange crop up. Um, she was lovely, though, wasn't she? she was yeah, nice. If you haven't seen it, then you won't know what we're talking about. But. Yeah, for those who haven't seen it, um, we were filming and we, we decided not to film it outdoors. It was cold in Charlton. We, we were in a... It's a very weird setup at Charlton, by the way. I mean, you're basically in a creche. In a, you're in a classroom, aren't you? You're in a, you're in a classroom. <laughs> um, there was some weird... I mean, there was ping pong tables upstairs. There was there was like um, a wrestling dummy outside the workroom. Did you see I that? I didn't see that. It was like something like you'd practice your boxing on. They had massive beanbag chairs, which I, I, I joke we should do the post-match video from. But in the end, we settled for the... The, uh, the the press conference room. And ordinarily, when someone walks by you doing a post-match video, it happened at St. Andrews when we were doing the infamous West Brom shirt video. Yeah. People yeah, walk by beautiful. and they quickly realise, oh, they're doing something to camera, I've got to be really quiet. Yeah. Not this chart and stuff member. Not this lady. 
she wanted to get us out and she also wanted to make it abundantly clear she wasn't being paid any longer. <laughs> she was hilarious. She was absolutely hilarious. I think because we've been there two weeks in a row, well, I've been there two weeks in a row, she perhaps got a little bit over-familiar. Mm. She got a bit too friendly. Yeah, um, yeah. But there we go. It's all good, isn't it? It's all good. My favourite line was, I only get paid till quarter two. <laughs> That's get brilliant, out. that is. Get out. I wish we should have got our own camera. We should have got our own camera. should have got our own camera. Anyway, it was nice to talk to you about the Albion. It's nice to talk to you about the Albion now. Um, let's quickly touch on this Charlton doubleheader because this is a transfer special, Joe. Okay. People have been waiting for this. It's January, transfer special. But we do have to talk about the two games. Um, there were the two games which you actually were back for, um, although you weren't in the week in between. What was that about? You were only in on the Friday, weren't you? Came in on the Friday, did you? Oh, I wasn't in the office in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, I see what you mean, yeah. I just thought, like, I spoke, to, we, obviously I'm on paternity leave, spoke to our sports editor about it, and he asked me if I could do Charlton away the first the first game. I had, to, I got time to take still, so that mm. time to take. Paternity leave went on for quite a while, didn't it? It was because yeah. um, I had a bit of holiday left, and Christmas has loads of bank holidays, isn't there? So it sort of got extended. And I just thought, like, I mean, I was desperate to get to the Leeds game, if I'm honest, but with one thing or another... Um, Basically, I, what I was at the start when I was we, my little girl, my little boy, mm. and my wife all ended up ill over, mm. over, Chris, over Christmas. My, well, my little girl, my little boy were ill, and my wife had to have an operation. Mm. Um, so it has been carnage. But yeah, but I just wanted to get to the Leeds game. Didn't quite, didn't get there just because everything that was going on. And then it, I was asked to cover the Charlton away game just to, to help out. And I just, I just didn't want to miss any more games really. So I did yeah. that. But then I, yeah, I was, wasn't in the in the week in for the rest of the week until Friday mm. when Bullitch had his presser. So yeah, I did the Friday and then did the Charlton away again. How did you find the valley? I mean, I must say, I mean, we've gone five minutes or so and we've not mentioned food. So I'm going to mention it now. Food was actually pretty good. I mean, the, the sausage rolls. Good sausage rolls. I've, I've had some good sausage rolls over the past week, Joe. You had some good sausage rolls, haven't you? I was at Leicester versus Aston Villa in the Carabao Cup. Half time, they brought up these sausage rolls and it was out of this world. Out of this world? It, 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 it's on a par with the Preston pie. The Preston pie? That's how good it was. It was like... The infamous Preston pie that you talk about on every episode. Yeah, the weight of this sausage roll. You could have killed someone with it. That's how heavy it was. How much better was it than the one at Charlton? I'd say I'd say the one at Charlton was an eight out of ten. This was That's a, good this sausage rolls. This was a ten. Yeah, I gathered it was a ten. It was. It had like I'm not a fan of cheese. It had red Leicester with it. And I'm, normally, if someone told, if they'd have said it's a sausage and cheese roll, I'd have been, oh no, you're all right. Well, you would have passed just, up on it. I would have passed. But because and what a like, loss that would have been. I know it would have been. I mean, I would have lost the highlight of my day. Um, but she came up and she said sausage roll. I was like. Oh, Brought up to me in the press box. I was like, of course I'm taking a sausage roll. Uh, out of this world. Unbelievable. Out of this world. As good as the Preston pie? As good as. Although it's been a while since I've had the Preston pie, so. Well, seeing as though we've brought up the Preston pie, we've got, I've got two Christmas presents for you here. One, you're probably going to guess pretty obvious which one, what it is, based on the size and shape of it. The other <laughs> one is a special, special little tree. But I think we'll do them now. Oh, mate. You're gonna, I've lovingly wrapped them. Wrapped them in... What looks like an old copy of the Express and I've Star. literally just covered them in newspaper. And it, that newspaper is so old that Matt Wilson is the album reporter, in it? Oh, God. Um, so it would probably best if you open them quickly. But I wanted to get you some presents. Do you want me so to open this one first? Open that one first, and then we'll say... We'll then do this one afterwards. But this is just a little gift, really. You open that one. And this one here is... Oh, my God. The next one is just an item of beauty. The, the next one... Uh, we'll open that one first. I can smell it. You can smell it. 
little story about that one actually oh we will God. listeners we will get on to football and transfers at some stage I promise you that is oh, really what I want to talk about <laughs> you, one minute used by the 15th of January okay yeah so you've only got a couple of days to eat it a large turkey ham and leek pie because ham and leek was your pie at Preston wasn't it yeah it was that was the one that you love so much. This one's got turkey in it. Festive. See what I did there? Festive. I like it. It's not quite true, but that was my wife's idea to say it was festive. That was good banter from her. Um, you've got a turkey, ham and leek pie. Because I would love to find you a pie that you enjoyed as much as that one you had in Preston. I really appreciate this, mate. Do you appreciate it? I, uh, you know what I really appreciate? The second line I hear. Minimum meat content, 22%. Well, that's good because your pie in Preston wasn't didn't have any turkey in, did it? No, no, no. So just no. Got a, just got a touch of turkey just to bring out those extra. <laughs> What's the other seventy eight percent? That's my question. Let me just tell you something about that pie, right? Go on. Bought that yesterday. Bear in mind, I've got a two and a half year old daughter yeah. and a baby who is one month old, four weeks old today. Yeah. Me and my wife drove all the way to Iron Bridge to a pie shop to you get can... you a ham and leek pie, right? Iron Bridge. Yeah. When we got there, there wasn't any. No. So I drove to. So there's another pie shop in Bridge North. We, I rung the pie shop in Bridge North. Get this right. Yeah. Get this. Rung the pie shop in Bridge North. I said, Do you sell ham and leek pies? Yeah. They were like, We sell turkey ham and leek pies. I was like, Perfect. I said, Give me. He said, Oh, we've got three. And I said, Oh, great. Give me half an hour. I'll be there. I'll come and get it. Yeah. Got in the car from Ironbridge because we were in Ironbridge looking for your pie with a two and a half month, two and a half year old with Fair a baby. Play. Fair play. Drove to Bridge North. Got there, the bloke had put that one behind the till for me because in that half an hour from which I'd rung, someone had turned up and bought two of the three turkey, leek and ham pies. No way. How mental's that? Mate, how far is that drive? I was only about 20 minutes. Still, I mean, that's commitment. But I want to get you the pie. Oh, cheers, mate. I want to get you the uh, pie. You know what? I'm going to enjoy that even more knowing that yeah, you went through that effort. There's genuine effort went into it. What does this say on it? Reheat in oven at 180 for 30 minutes until hot. Oh. Keep refrigerated, though. Keep So we'll get it in the fridge in a yeah, bit. We'll get it in the fridge. We'll get it in the fridge in a bit. Right, next present. We will get on to the football, promise everyone. We will get on to the football. We will talk football. Um, this present is, like, just the perfect present for you. It's like it, Luke Hatfield in present form. And if Luke Hatfield, not as a person, as, as an object, that's, what, that's the word we're looking for. It's Luke Hatfield as an object. This I, don't know, I, I don't know what to make of this. Oh, no. Can I just say, this was sent in by a listener who, he has donated it on behalf of the listeners. We're not even going to say who it was. He doesn't even want it. He doesn't even want the credit for it. Anonymity. He wants to say that it is on behalf of the listeners. He doesn't want me to hunt him down, he, that's why. <laughs> he believes, this is the gift from the listeners, because this is what the listeners want you to have. I've got a feeling that I can't, I've just had a sense of what this could be. Go on, what is that? Is it going to be like a t-shirt with my face on it? No, it's not a t-shirt. It's better than a t-shirt. It's, it's a ten times better than a t-shirt with your face on it. Oh, here we and go. And afterwards, we need to have a picture of you holding this with while holding your pie. But to be honest, I'm not bothered about the pie. you just got to be holding this. You drove 40 minutes to that yeah, pie I know, this, is, this is the present. Okay. Good, good story on here, by the good way. Good story for the wrapping. Who, who wrote that? Tom, Thomas Parks. I Thomas Parks. Thomas Parks. Good, good news lad. reporter. Good lad he is. Oh God! What is this? It's a, oh, it's a scarf. It's a scarf, but it's a very special scarf. Oh no! Oh, one minute. <laughs> oh no! A half and half Albion West Brom scarf. 
half and half Villa Albion scarf. I genuinely cannot be caught wearing it. It is you in a in a in an object. It is Ima- you in a present. Imagine if you wore this at the playoff semi final last year. <laughs> Do you know that that scarf was expensive and tailor made for you by the listeners? No way. And do you know what? Like, just let me have it a sec. Go on. When people see this, you see a scarf, but what I see is like your journey <laughs> from the Express and Star. Like you started like here, didn't you? As a, when you joined, you were like a hardcore Villa fan. Remain a hardcore villain. And then fan. you've sort of moved along and gradually, 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 gradually just merged into an Albion support. I put you about here now. Midway. 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 Mid- midway the on Albion the Albion side. You've still got a bit to go, but you've you've like crossed the point of no return. You are a baggy. Oh, mate. Come you on. are a baggy. So this is yours. I disagree with the sentiment, but I appreciate the gift. Isn't it lovely? It looks warm. It looks toasty. Um, and you've got to wear it every game for the rest of the season. That won't be happening. Oh, just in the cold, not in the summer. It's just, I'm, just, well, I'm not going to wear that at a game. <laughs> How pleased are that? It's, Sent in by the listeners for you. It's a very well thought out gift. It's a cracking gift. They're right not to inform me of who they are. <laughs> um, some brilliant gifts, Joe. I appreciate it. Beautiful. Thank you very much. I like the way you've scribbled out the price on the pie as well. Yeah, um, I just did that. I thought I'd better do that. Yeah. Um, shall we talk about football? Because it's been 13 minutes. Oh, God, yeah. 13 minutes. Charlton doubleheader. Um, we talked about the food. FA Cup. Um, progress is good to see, isn't it? Um, and it set up quite the uh, the derby, the Billich slash Diangana derby. The Billich Diangana derby, yeah. Um, so <clears throat> what we're saying is about the Charlton FA Cup game. Won't go, won't go over it for ages because there's so much to talk about in this podcast, isn't there? Mm. Um, but what I'll say is, I thought Billich obviously rested 11 players. 11 is a hell of a lot of players. What is all the players you can possibly yeah. um, <laughs> Every do. possible change. I think everyone who played in that game did well. Yeah. Every single player did very, very well. Um, prob- probably the two standouts were Dara Roche and Ahmed Aghazi. Mm. Gave Aghazi man the match in the end. Um, just because he was so towering in the air, he won a, won a lot of headers. Um, yeah, everyone did really, really well. Obviously, Bilic made multiple changes. I'm putting a story out tomorrow on Bilic talking about fatigue mm. and the West Ham game. And he has essentially said he will do the same again. Yeah. Um, it's all going to be in that story. It's quite long-winded. It's Bilic talking about how the demands of the English game, how you've got to rest your players. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, bits and bobs like that. There'll be more in that in tomorrow's paper. But yeah, that Charlton first time round, everyone rested, everyone did well in a nutshell. Mm. How, how did Raheem Harper look? Oh, really, really good actually for the first hour, 65 mm. minutes. I thought he tired after that, which is perhaps a bit understandable because it, was, it, was it wasn't a physical, intense game of football. It, even though Albion were essentially playing their second string and I think Charlton were playing their second string as well, it was still an intense game. It was yeah. still significantly more intense than an under-23s game. To me, he looked very confident. Mm-hmm. To me, he looked determined to prove a point. Um, and I thought in the first half in particular, he was excellent. He did get a bit wayward in the second half, I think, when he tired. But, I mean, it's the first time I've seen him play for Albion's first team. I've seen him play yeah. for the 23s a lot, both like this season and before. But yeah, he looked good. He looked, he looked very, very good. Do you reckon a performance like that can get him into Billich's thinking for league appearances? I think it would... He could he will come under consideration if there's a change in system. If I'm honest, mm. he's not Romain Sawyer's. 
It's as simple as that. He's just he's a very, very different type of player to Romain Sawyer's. He's got the energy of Livermore. He can do that box-to-box role. Um, mm. There's no doubt about that. But he hasn't got Livermore's discipline. He hasn't got his nails. He hasn't got his experience. So I think Sawyer's, Livermore and Harper in a mm. midfield three, I think there's potential there. Yeah. Um, but I've said before in this podcast... 4-2-3-1 is a bit of a dying formation. Not many teams play with two central midfielders anymore. They tend to play with three. Yeah. I think you need two very, very experienced central midfielders if you're going to play a two. Livermore and Sawyers are that. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think Harper would come down to a system change at the minute. Yeah, but at least it's good to see him on the pitch because that's, I mean, in terms of the championship, we've, I mean, he's not had a sniff, has he? Not, and he's, there's no doubt about it, he is talent, isn't he? He is, mm. he is talent personified, really. He is a very, very promising promising young footballer. So, yeah, really good to see him. Um, <clears throat> look, he's, look, Rakeem Harper's got a massive future. Mm. Absolutely massive future in the game. Massive future at Albion. Um, just not at the minute, unfortunately, it doesn't seem. But that doesn't mean that he's not going to be an absolutely massive player for them in years to come. Looking forward to a trip to London Stadium? You've been there before? No, well, I went there in the Olympics, mm. uh, but never been there for football. Uh, it's so going to be interesting, isn't it? I am. I just feel like I'm always on that train to London. Yeah. Like, yeah. just like, what's it, next next weekend, isn't it? Well, two, to like 10 days' time or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah three, three out of four weekends are on that train to London. But, um, yeah, yeah, it'd be decent. It'd be decent. I heard you're just far away. It's far away. Oh, right, in terms, in terms of, of where you are. Yeah, yeah. You, have they still you, got you the track bu- around you there? Bin- you need binoculars. I think they've they've ditched the track, but you're still miles away from the pitch. Yeah, that's right, and that they've ditched the track, but you, yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting. It'll, it'll be, be interesting. An, it'd be an experience, won't it? Because everyone says it's like a great stadium, but not a football stadium, don't they? Mm, mm. Have um, you been? No, I've not been. It's going to be no. my first time there. Oh, okay. I've, even in the Olympics, I, I went down to see some of the Olympics, but I didn't go to any of the track and field stuff. Oh, okay. Um, so it should be interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it'd be good. Uh, the league game, two all. <sighs> I didn't think it was a poor performance from Albion by any means. I just think it wasn't a vintage Billich ball performance. Billich ball. Billich ball. Oh, I like it. Uh, that's a new term. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, like, again, we've touched on it all pretty much in the post-match video, but I've never seen Billich angry, really. Mm. Like, and he was angry in his post-match presser. There's no doubt about it. He was absolutely fuming. Um, I think I said to you on video, like, we could have talked about talked to him to him about absolutely anything, and he would have brought it back to conceding goals from set pieces. He just yeah. couldn't let go of it. He just was so annoyed. Um, I think it is infuriating as a manager, I imagine, because set piece. You're arguably the most set up you can be as a as a defense when you are defending a set piece. Yeah, yeah. You can you can set up your bank of four or whatever you want to do. You choose whether to man mark or zone or mark. You should be in a position to defend it properly. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Well, a lot a lot of goals are scored by set pieces. They are they are a major threat. I think Bilic was just. Billy just spoke in the past. He, knows, he says he said he said on multiple occasions you can see goals you can concede goals from set pieces. He said before that if you're like playing against someone in the air like Duncan Ferguson or Andy Carroll, yeah. the truth is they are just damn good in the air. They mm-hmm. are better than ninety-seven percent of footballers in the air. Yeah. So if you swing an across, there's a very good chance Andy Carroll's gonna get on the end of it. Some things just aren't preventable. Mm-hmm. Um but I do think the the manner of those goals. I mean, the second goal, 
just no one's no one's alert. It feels like no. there's no one there's no one individual to blame for that second goal. It was like the whole team hadn't just switched off, switched for a second, and then it was just so easy for Charlton. So. Yeah, that he was. I mean, he was livid with that. It was a wake up call. It was probably the wake up call they needed um, in terms of set pieces because they've been creeping in, haven't they? Mm. In the time I was off, they, they have a couple of goals have been conceded, but that was so spectacularly bad, and Billich was so angry that you'd like to think that it that will give him a real wake up call and it'll help cut out these goals they've conceded from set pieces. Mm. Um, Overall, I thought it was a fair result. I saw a few fans... I tweeted I thought it was a fair result. I thought Charlton deserved their point. A few fans tweeted me saying they didn't, saying that um, basically Albion have just been dreadful from two set plays Mm. and that's allowed Charlton to score twice. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I think Charlton more than gave a really good account of themselves. Um, Particularly for a team who have been ravaged by injuries. Yeah, and I was sat in Lee Bowie's press conference afterwards. He said he felt the very least they deserved was a point. I asked, rambling on about this game really, I asked Bilic afterwards if he felt um, the atmosphere made it a tougher game. Mm. Charlton just been taken over. Um, the new owners in the stand, new chairman in the stands, promise of injection of cash. When we were, when I was collecting my press ticket, um, there was a group of blokes who had all just bought season tickets. Mm. They were collecting their season tickets because of the new owners. Mm. I thought that made it a lot tougher game. Bilic sort of batted it away. He was like, there was points at stake it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Yeah. Um, but I have to think, I do think it did play a big part. I mean... There, it, was certainly, it was certainly lively, wasn't it? It was a really good atmosphere there. They were really up for it, the home crowd. The players, Charlton players know that, oh, hang on, all of a sudden, our manager's got another bit of money and he can actually maybe replace us. They're fighting, they're fighting for their Charlton careers a little bit. I think it was a lot better point than perhaps people are giving it credit for. Um, that said... Albion deal with two set pieces properly and they win the game. Yeah, do you reckon... It's been a bit of a blip. Do you reckon Albion can overcome it now? Because they're still... I mean, they're top of the table courtesy of Leeds' defeat to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, but that gap to third has shrunk a little bit. Yes, yeah, it's from nine points to seven, isn't it? Mm. Um, I've got absolute faith in them to get the job done, if I'm being honest. Mm. Um, they have had a blip, but... With well, the exception of Charlton, the blip has come during over Christmas. Yeah, when there's a hell of a lot of games, and no one's really the gap's still seven points. Yeah, um, no one's really. I mean, it was the most it's ever been is nine, so no one's really reeled them in. Mm. I know, I know it's two points, but look, there's every every chance Brentford draw their game at the weekend, Albion beat Stoke, and it's back to nine. Yeah, it's. It's gonna. It's not gonna just be nine points for the rest of the season. There's gonna be swings and roundabouts. Like we've said, Leeds and Albion are gonna trade positions. Mm. It's just gonna happen. When Albion were top after ten games, we knew they just weren't gonna stay there. Yeah. We knew Leeds would come on. Um, I think when Albion had a free had a three point lead over Leeds, like that's just the way it is, isn't it? Every single week there's gonna be a little a little change. So. As bad as as bad as not as bad. Well, results have not been great over the last five games, but still, they're seven points clear. Mm. Says a lot, doesn't it? I think that says an awful lot, um, especially considering some <clears> of the games <throat> they've played over that period. I mean, Leeds at home, get a draw there. You're kind of happy with that. The Borough one is is a tough one to take. Borough have improved. I mean, Brentford, 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 the Brentford, draw, Brentford are a very very good side, and I think they're the side really threatening to gate crash them top two if anyone. Yeah, yeah. 
So, you know, you look at the results and you say they beat they beat Blues as well. You know, Derby get a Derby wins nothing to be, you know, looking down on. I mean, I know Blues aren't in the greatest shakes, but but yes, I think some people are maybe overreacting slightly. Yeah, I think yeah, seven point lead at this stage of the season, top of the table, like it's dreamland, really. I can understand why there's uh, people getting a little bit concerned because performances aren't what they were. They have lost their spark somewhat. Um, but it's also coincided with Dean Garner being out. Yeah, and I think who is one of the most influential players inside, without a doubt. And I think when he, now he's back, that'll make a difference. I think what I'd like to think will happen is over the next couple of games they will pick up. I think February is then mental, absolutely mm. hectic, hectic month, an awful lot of games. I think it might be eight games um, in twenty nine days. So that's going to be a really, really busy time. But I just think get through. Pick up in January, sort of storm through February. Just stay in, just stay. If everyone just stays on a par in February, that'd be great, really. Yeah. And then, yeah, then you go from there. But look, I've got absolutely no doubt they're going to be fine. Mm. Should we talk about some transfers? Yeah, come on then. So, <laughs> transfer talk this segment is uh, we're going to discuss incomings, outgoings. Uh, basically, I'm just going to throw names at you people who have been linked with, people who have been mentioned in regards to Albion, um, whether it be incoming or outgoing. Uh, and we can just kind of chat about each one. So just before you start, what I'm going to say is, <clears throat> I'm delighted we do this podcast for this reason, mm. because I'll only write a story if I am 95%, really 100% certain on it. Mm. So I don't like putting stories out if I'm not, if I don't, if I'm not 100% of them, I really don't. There's a lot of reporters who will. Yeah. There's a lot of reporters who get a link, they hear something, they bang it out there, and like that's their way that's their way of doing it they don't care if they're right they don't, they don't care if they're wrong they just treat it as speculation that's absolutely fine um, a lot of people like that mm. it, like people just want news don't they they want transfer news that's what our transfer um, rumour live blog does that's what, our trans- that's what that's what we've got isn't it we've got that transfer rumour thing which I think that's for really every mm. coffin spit every sort of rumour um, that is a rumour can go in there I will only write stuff if I'm really, really concrete on it. Mm. That doesn't mean, but that doesn't mean I don't hear things if I'm not concrete. I just, I'm just not sure. Yeah. So in this element, I feel like I can talk of things about things a little bit more, like spec. Not, I don't know what the word is, but I can tell, I can explain what I know. Mm. But I'm not. It's not strong enough for a story. I don't think. But we have got a story going out tomorrow. All right. Okay. Dropping that carrot. Dropping that. One. Um, first <clears throat> name I've got on my list: incoming, Jared Bowen. This is, some, this is someone who's been linked with Albion almost from the get-go of January, purely because <laughs> of Hall's position, um, his contract position, but also the fact that Albion is thought that if they're going to bolster anywhere seriously, it would be in forward areas. Mm. So Jarrah Bowen, my understanding is that he is a player Albion really, really like. Mm. He's a player Albion want. Um <clears throat> However, <clears throat> I don't think he's a player Albion are going to sign this January. Mm. If they could, they absolutely would. Um, but we think, from what we're hearing, the price on Bowen's head is £20 million. Yeah. Um, now, is he worth £20 million? The answer for me is yes, yeah. he is. Um, the reason why he's worth £20 million, from speaking to people who know him, and when I say know him, I mean they actually know him, mm. they... They wax lyrical about him because of his finishing ability. They just say he is so composed in front of goal. You give him a chance, he buries it. He mm. is so clinical. Um, he is, he's a right winger who can play as a centre forward, who can play as a, as a number 10, but primarily he's a right winger. 
and he is a gold machine. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> if you're buying a gold machine, twenty million pounds is the going rate, really. Mm. If we're being fair, especially for a player who's twenty three years old. Yeah. But the other factor is that Hull have got an outside chance of the playoffs. You'd have to only say it's an outside chance, but yeah. they have got an outside chance. And if they sell him this window, they have got no hope of it. No. If anything, they're looking over their shoulders. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, I'm I'm pretty confident with Gerard Bowen, without Gerard Bowen, Hull are going to finish somewhere in mid-table. But <clears throat> without him, they've got absolutely no chance of going up. And with him, maybe there's the element we're looking over their shoulders. They've been mental to mm. sell Jared Bowen for anything other than top whack, anything other than what they actually believe he's worth. Do I think Albion are going to spend £20 million on him? I don't. Um, do I think a lot of clubs are going to spend £20 million on him? I don't. We've heard today Wolves are after him. Um, Villa are supposed to be... Villa are the bookies' favourites. Villa the are the bookies' favourites. He's a Villa fan, of course. Mm. Um, <clears throat> there are a lot of clubs in for Jared Bowen and... It's going to be interesting to see if one of them has got the balls, basically, to stump up twenty million for him. It's a bigger gamble, I think, if you're if you're a Premier League club. I mean, I don't think it's a gamble, regardless. I think he is quality. I think he will score goals, regardless of the league that he's in. But if you're Jared Bowen and you look at the teams that are said to be <coughs> interested in you, say you look at say West Brom and Villa both put in a bid, same amount and they're willing to pay the same wages. I'm not saying that that will be the circumstance, because it probably wouldn't be at this case. But say that was the case. Do you look at Villa and think, there's a chance I could be playing back in the Championship next season? And do you look at Albion and say, the likelihood is... And he'd back himself here, going in, to be able to fire them to promotion, given they're already top. Yeah, yeah. Which would you take? I suppose, because he's a Villa fan, maybe you would think... Maybe that could sway him. The Villa fan thing could sway him. Um, a lot of players are absolutely desperate to be in the Premier League. Mm. Um, a lot of players see it as the be-all and end-all. You wonder if just being in there would sway it for him, would, whether he thinks it'd be easier to stay up rather than to get up. I don't know. I don't know. It's very individual, that. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I think Albion would love to sign him. And I think they'd love... If, you, if, they, if it was something like... Look, I don't know, a three million pound loan fee and yeah. seventeen million if they went up. Yeah. Something like that, or fifteen million if they went up. I think Albion would seriously consider it. But there's no way in a million years Hull are gonna to agree to let Bowen out now mm. for that amount of money. And I think as a championship club, <clears throat> Albion can't be Splashing that kind of cash, really can't take that gamble. Um, especially as they will help, they will pay eight million for Pereira very soon. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so, they, but they would love him. They would love him. He's definitely, definitely admired by I think Billich and Luke Dowling. Last one on Bowen, February first. Is Jared Bowen still a whole player? Not necessarily a West Brom player. I don't know. I don't know. The reason why I, I don't think anyone today will pay twenty million for him as mm. of what are we on June January the thirteenth. Yeah, but I think come January twenty ninth, let's say if Villa are four points adrift mm. and in desperate need for goals, maybe someone like Villa or Newcastle, yeah, someone like that may think 
we need to do something to try and stay up. And he's, at the end of the day, worst case scenario, to go down, he bangs them in for them in the championship, doesn't he? But yeah. I, think, I think it's really hard to know. I think it's really hard to know. Talking about Newcastle, <clears throat> Dwight Gale. This is the one which every, every Albion fan wants to know about. So Dwight Gale, I hate doing this to everyone. I absolutely hate doing this to everyone. But I'm putting a story out tonight on Dwight Gale. No one get excited by that because it's just information on Dwight Gale. But I don't want to talk about it on this podcast, which is it goes against everything I said because I want to just give away exclusive news on this podcast. But I don't want anyone else to pick up the information I've got on Dwight Gale. Ah. Uh. So at ten thirty tonight, if you're listening to this, I will tweet a story regarding Dwight Gale. Ten thirty p.m. Have them alarms. Um, but I will not. <clears throat> I don't want to talk about it now. <clears throat> Just because um, it really, really scupper my story for tomorrow's paper. And I promise everyone, it's very rare I'll do that. Very yeah, rare. It's, but it's, it's not often you do do this, to be fair. Um, but slight Dwight Gale update at 10.30. 10.30pm on January the 13th. Uh, David McGoldrick. Yeah, that is an odd one. Um, Sheffield United, he's played a fair bit for him in the Premier League yeah. in terms of appearances. Hasn't scored many, though. They need to move players on, because I think Wilder wants to freshen things up. He's a very, very good player, David McGoldrick. He's one of them that... He's an unglamorous name, isn't he? Mm. But he's one of them that's a hell of a lot better than a lot of people give him credit for. Yeah. Very, very good player. I've not heard anything on McGoldrick. Uh, it's just strange he's been linked with a move, I thought. Yeah, it is a strange one. Um, I have to admit, that one I don't know a lot about. I haven't... I haven't really done a lot of on McGoldrick. Mm. Okay, it's always, it always keeps taking me by surprise. I need to do more on that one. I'll do more on that one. Lyle Taylor. Okay, so I'm willing to say this on Lyle Taylor. This is actually in my story at 10.30, but oh, okay. um, well, we'll, I'm happy to share this bit of information. My understanding of Lyle Taylor is, and because I'm willing to write it, you see what I mean? I'm willing yeah, to write yeah, this tonight. Yeah. So, but My understanding with Lyle Taylor is Albion have compiled a list of strikers who they are interested in. Lyle Taylor is on that list. However, he is not at the top of that list. Mm. I don't even know if he's in the middle of the list. I think he is towards the lower end of the list. Mm -hmm. Um, That doesn't mean it's not a strong list of strikers. It doesn't mean that Lyle Taylor isn't rated by Albion. He is. He's a player that they have an interest in. However, he's not a primary target. Mm. And he is a primary target for an awful lot of clubs. Yeah. Um, it's highly, highly likely that Albion won't move for Lyle Taylor mm. and he will go elsewhere. Um, <clears throat> that's my understanding of that one. Keen on him, but not keen enough to perhaps do anything about it. Mm. Very, very good player, though. Very good player. Really like Lyle Taylor. Knows yeah. where the goal is, doesn't yeah. he? I think he's an excellent player. Martin Olsen. So just put a tweet out about Martin Olsen. So... <clears throat> Reports in Sweden basically saying Albion are close to signing Martin Olsen. Um, I hope he doesn't sign any minute because what I've heard is that basically Bilic is, is concerned by um, the amount of injuries Kieran Gibbs is picking up. Um, and he feels that he might need some more cover at left back. Mm. They've got Nathan Ferguson, they've got Connor Townsend. We obviously don't know what's happening with Nathan Ferguson yet. Um, yeah, he is. So Olsen is a player they have considered. They have considered it, and he could come in. It's not. I've, I was told it's not imminent. It's mm. not going to happen like today or tomorrow. But <clears throat> he's a player under consideration um, with Bilic contemplating just just having a bit more cover at left back. It's not. He's not a player that's going to go in straight into the, fir- into the first team. It's not. It's not a exciting January transfer signing. 
he'd just be coming in basically as an as as cover in case anyone anything went wrong. I think he'd be a solid addition though. He knows he knows English football well. He's yeah. not he's not incredibly old. What the thirty one? Thirty one, yeah. For, on a free deal, considering he's a free agent, it, for six months <clears throat> he'd do a job, wouldn't he? It's, it's doing, it's, and that's what it is, really. If we're being honest, it's deciding to just to do a job. Mm. It would be, it's just seeing them over the line, um, in case anything went wrong. Because Gibbs, Gibbs is this season in particular, he's just been ravaged by injuries. Ravaged by injuries, yeah. But when he's fit, he plays, doesn't he? Mm. So he's, Gibbs is going to remain first choice. I'd imagine Townsend would remain second, um, but. <clears throat> It does seem as though Bilic wants that little bit of extra protection. Mm. Uh, last one for my incoming section here. Um, Marcus Madison. Marcus Madison from Peterborough? Yeah, no, I, I know him. But yeah. um, two and a half million pound release clause. Well, two and a half million pound bill accepted by Charlton today. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> so I've watched Madison a lot uh, in League One. <sighs> Would he do a job in the top end championship? As a person, he doesn't suit Albion for me. No? Uh, that sounds awful. That sounds awful. I mean, he will not be listening to this. But so that, I don't mean that as bad as it sounds, Marcus Madison. I just... His, his sort of demeanour... I don't know. He, he, I, don't think he's for, I don't think he's for Albion. No. He's a bit of a... I'm assassinating the bloke here, but he, he's, he's a bit of a big. You've time, not said a bad word. He's about a bit him. of a big time Charlie, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'd be. I look. I haven't done any digging on Marcus Madison. I'd be surprised mm. personally. I'd be surprised. Very, very, very good League One player. De- definitely in the top five League One players you'd back to make the step up to the Championship. Mm. Um, but. You get the feeling with Bilic, character is almost as important as quality, don't you? Yeah, I think character's massive for Bilic. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I don't see it. I don't see Madison, but I could be. I could be completely wrong, but I don't see it. <clears throat> Peterborough, anyway, don't expect him to be around um, by the end of the summer, at least. Um, but the way things are, it looks like he's on his way. Anyway, outgoings. Okay, uh, first one I'm going to touch on: Max Melbourne, um, the youngster headed to Lincoln. Um, he's been around Albion for a long old while but he never really didn't, well he didn't make a senior appearance in Legal Cup yeah nice picture he tweeted though yeah in, in his little kit when he was like seven years old or something yeah. like <clears throat> but um, I have to admit mate I don't know an awful lot about him uh, not, not many do not, <laughs> not many do if I'm going to be uh, completely frank he's, he, but by all accounts um, a lovely lad from <laughs> but yeah on his way to Lincoln undisclosed fee I can't imagine it'll be very very much but with the position that Albion are in uh, you don't see him no. making first team appearances. This is an interesting one. Uh, I'm going to mention this one, even though he's not an Albion player anymore, even though there's some big dispute over this. Uh, Louis Barry. Um, we've got to cover it a little bit because okay. of the situation. It's all sorts of red tapes around this. So six months ago, he, he, he throws his West Brom contract offer in a bin, sacks off PSG, says, I'm going to Barcelona. Yeah. Six months later, he's played a little bit for him, but there's been all sorts of dispute over, you know, Barcelona and not paying up for him, uh, which was a silly fee anyway. Two hundred thirty-five grand for a player of his quality. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Two hundred thirty-five. Two hundred thirty-five k. And now Villa are in for him. 
Yeah, so this is another one, actually. I don't mean to palm this one off, but I'm going to do like an extended feature on Barry this week, Louis Barry. Mm. We'll talk about it a bit, but... Yeah, uh, this... I can't get my head around why players are allowed to move to, to Europe so cheaply. There's so many... Right, there's so many issues with this Louis Barry thing. To start from the top. First of all, Albion offered him a contract. Yonks and Yonks... A professional contract. Yonks before anyone else, obviously. Way, mm. way, way before there was any danger of him leaving. The problem was, at, 17, at 16, you can't sign it. Yeah. At 17, you can. So even though he had this contract offer on the table for ages and ages and ages, he had to wait to his 17th birthday to sign it. In between Albion offering him a contract and that 17th birthday, obviously, clubs have come in for him. And he's moved abroad. Um, he's moved to Barcelona. Now, I mean, this is going to... Um, we've got to be careful because we're going to run out of time. And we could talk about this. I could talk about this for an this hour. This is a podcast <clears> on its own. This whole This, this is a podcast saga. on its own. Now, the issue we've got is... He can go to he can go for 235k. He's gone to Barcelona for 235k. Forget that they haven't paid for a second. Now, Morgan Rod. Is it Morgan Rogers? Yep. Yeah. Mor- Morgan Rogers went for City for an undisclosed fee. We, we understand that fee was four and a half million pounds. Mm. So it's officially undisclosed, but four and a half million pounds is a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. Now the truth is Albion would rather have Morgan Rogers. They don't mm. want the four and a half million pounds. They'd rather have the player. However, he went, at the end of the day, they got four and a half million pounds. That is compensation. Fair, what you'd say is fair it's, compensation. It's fair compensation. Do you know what? More, he might go on and be a £30 million player and then the truth is Albion will have missed out. But they've got £4.5 million. He isn't a £30 million player at the moment. Man City are going to have to develop him to make him that £30 million player. £4.5 million is kind of fair, even if Albion would have rather have kept him. Mm. Louis Barry probably wouldn't have commanded £4.5 million, but he would have commanded a substantial, substantial transfer fee. Yeah. Um, millions. Yeah. Um, he's gone to Barcelona for 230k meaning first and foremost Barcelona are mass- um, massively out of pocket for a player they've developed since he was 9 years old yeah. the issue now is Louis Barry looks like he's going to go to Villa yeah. he hasn't settled in Spain and Villa are going to sign him for a fee nowhere near the millions in compensation that they would have had to pay if he'd just gone straight from Albion to Villa. Because mm. let's say it would have been £2 million. We don't know, but it could easily have been £2 million. So now Villa buy him for 300 k from Barcelona, say. Mm. They get a player that's worth £2 million for 300 k And now Barcelona make a profit and Albion eventually get their money. So Barcelona have made money. Aston Villa obtained a player for next to nothing compared to what his actual transfer value is. One of the highest rated young players in the country. Albion have spent seven, eight, whatever years developing and got essentially got pennies for it. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Although they haven't received them pennies yet. They haven't received those pennies. So we're going on and on and on and on and on about this. And this is what I think this is actually a story that's actually better in written down than mm. talking about it. Now, the issue here is. On the one hand, maybe nobody has done anything wrong. Maybe Louis Barry's agent has said to Louis Barry, you can get a better deal than that. Mm. Albin, what Albion offering you isn't... You, can, you are worth more money than that. You, are, you can get a better deal than that. I've got Barcelona interested in you. How amazing would that be? You, mate, you go and you try and make it one of the biggest clubs in the world mm. and you're going to get paid a little bit more money. If that's the situation... 
then no one is to blame. No, there's no, there's no one to blame. Mm. Louis Barry's not to blame. He's got every right to turn down that deal. If Albany didn't want him, they'd quickly bin him off. Yeah. If he wasn't good enough, so Louis Barry's got every right to turn it down. The agent has got every right to get the best deal for his client. If that means more money and a bigger club, which we all love Albion, but Barcelona are a bigger club. It's the biggest club in the world, probably. Um, that's fine, isn't it? All those things are fine. Yeah. It's it's still a shame that the compensation's so low. But maybe you just have to pat the agent on the back and say, you've got your client more money, you've mm. got him a great move, you've made a bit of money from it as well, everyone wins, apart from Albion. But they're the rules, tough. What would stink, what would really, really stink, mm. is if Aston Villa wanted Louis Barry, yeah. didn't want to pay £2 million in compensation, his agent got him a six-month holiday in Spain, yeah. And they then landed him after that. Now that would be awful. Um ethically. And we and are not saying that has happened. I mean, probably legally we've got to say we are not saying that has happened. You could never prove that has happened. But what my feature if Albion could ever prove that that's what Albion are concerned about. Albion are concerned that, for example, Nathan Ferguson is in a position where apparently Juventus so and so and so and so and so and so are after him. Albion are concerned the same thing is going to happen again. Mm. Um, and we're not saying that happened with Louis Barry at all. We are not. But the option to do it, the way the, the, way the rules are, the option is there to do it. Mm. Agents can exploit that. It can be exploited. We're not saying Louis Barry's agent has exploited it. We're just saying agents could exploit it. And that is a problem. That is a real, real problem. And if Albion had any hint any hint that Villa knew about this six months ago, mm. they would instruct lawyers. Yeah. They would. They're already going to instruct lawyers to get the money out of Barcelona because Barcelona don't pay anyone. <laughs> they don't pay anyone for anything. Um, they still but, owe money for, what was it, Coutinho? Malcolm? Oh, everyone, absolutely everyone they owe money for. It's ridiculous. I did a story on it. I mentioned it in the story about Louis Barry, but basically Barcelona do not pay transfer fees. Um, it's absolutely ridiculous the amount of money. Coutinho... Liverpool sold the debt to a debt collecting agency. That is how extreme Barcelona are when it comes to not paying transfer fees. But there's a real, real issue with Louis Barry here. <clears throat> Look, the chances are he moved to Barcelona, he struggled to settle in the country, he wants to come back and he signed for Villa. If all that has happened, then that is fine. That is fine. But The issue, I think, there is FIFA's flat rate. The issue that's, is- that's the problem for me. Because if you, if you don't have that flat rate, if it has to go to a tribunal like it does here... There's not a club anywhere that is going to say, you know what, yeah, let's do it. Let's go to a tribunal. Barcelona have to argue with Esperam and then eventually FIFA decides that Barcelona owe four and a half million, whatever it may be. No one wants to go through that. So they would have just agreed a fee. Yeah. Which is essentially, to, to my understanding, it might not be the case. I believe that was the case with Morgan Rogers and Man City, wasn't it? They kind of came together and they agreed a fee. Yeah, they agreed a fee, yeah. <clears throat> As opposed to letting it go to a tribunal and arguing over this and that. It takes months and months and months. No club benefits from it. It just costs more money. Yeah. The, the, the abroad element of it really bothers me as well, in a sense that I know... So, I mean, look, I'm not... I went to uni at 18. Mm-hmm. I lived in Swindon. I went to uni in Preston, right? First time away from home. I've got to be honest, there were times when I had some real bouts of homesickness. I mean, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, I stuck at it. But I know people who didn't. Yeah. I know people who, like, my mate lived in Crewe and went to uni in Preston. Mm. I mean, it's an hour and struggled with homesickness. He was going home all the time. I know people, some of my mates from home went to uni 
and they didn't it wasn't for them they couldn't they, they wanted to be back in their hometown like mm. it's not easy to move away from home when you move in some from somewhere in England to somewhere in England to ask a lad of 17 to move abroad to yeah. a country that doesn't speak where English isn't the first language yeah. in football and one of the things that struck me about football since I've like worked in it is you have to grow up damn quick. Football mm. is a man's game. You have to prove yourself every single day. Um, like, you just do. I always remember a defender telling me once, I won't say who it was, he said, every time the club he plays for signs a new striker, he always gives, he always, in training, he always misplaces a pass and gives him the ball. Always. Mm. And it's like, right, you're on you, boy, then. What have you got? Show me what you got. Mm. That's what football's like. You have to prove yourself all the time. Uh, it is a man's game. You do develop much quicker in football than outside of it. Mm. Um, so to ask teenagers, I mean, this is what they are with their age. Yeah, Nathan yeah. Ferguson's a teenager. Louis Barry's a teenager. To set up home abroad, for me, it's a massive, massive ask. It's no surprise that Louis Barry has struggled to settle in Spain to me. Mm. Uh, and fair enough, he can come back. Of course he can come back. And Villa want to sign him, so they have. Um, but I just think it's all a little bit, it's all a little bit too easy for agents to be able to, Nathan Ferguson's agent knows that if he signs for Juventus in the summer and struggles for six months, Nathan Ferguson's agent knows there's going to be a host of clubs yeah. queuing up to bring him back to England this time, in January this time next year. Mm. Um, it's too, I don't know, this, I'm rambling on about it, aren't I? But it's all just, it just doesn't, nothing about it seems right um, to me. They just have to have the same rules across England and Europe, don't they? Yeah. Louis Barry goes to Barcelona, great. That's absolutely fine. Go go and play in Barcelona, Louis Barry. If that's what you want to do, it's absolutely fine. But Barcelona have to pay £2 million for you. Mm. Not 235 k And they have to pay it up in a certain period of time. Yeah. And then that's that then, isn't it? It's yeah. one rule for everyone. But there's definitely loopholes that can be exploited the way things stand. It's funny you mentioned that defender point. You listen to Peter Crouch's podcast? No, I don't know. <clears throat> he had a great um, similar kind of analogy when he joined Liverpool, what Steven Gerrard used to do was absolutely ping it at any new sign-in. Yeah. And you'd have to take one touch, control it, lay it off. And he would blast it at people just to see whether they've got what it takes. Yeah. But Not necessarily the ability, just the balls to stand up and do it. Yeah, yeah. That's what football's like. Interesting, that. Um, quickly, last two. Um, Nathan Ferguson, we kind of covered him, him just. Uh, any more movement on Nathan Ferguson's contract? That is why everyone wants to know. Every time we ask, he gets saying no. They can't even talk. Can't even get him around the table to talk. Um, I think Nathan Ferguson will be an Albion player on February first. I don't know if he'll be an Albion player next season. July first. I don't. Th- I think. I don't think he's going to go anywhere this summer. Mm. What's remarkable with Nathan Ferguson's scenario is he's on a grand a week. Uh, That's less than some people who work here. Uh, <laughs> um, well, not yeah. We're way off that, aren't we? But he's on. I mean, the higher ups here, none of us, none, are, none of, of us are on yeah. that kind of money. But like, he is. I don't know. I mean, look, who do you think the top earner is at Albion? I thought you were going to say here then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we know it is here. <laughs> uh, top earner at Albion. Um, Charlie Austin will be on a lot. But I mean, look, if Albion players are on 30, 40 grand. Mm. Just consider this a low, like a low salary in the Premier League is like ten grand a week, and they're earning ten times what Nathan Ferguson earns. Yeah, 
It's remarkable. That's it's remarkable that Nathan Ferguson is playing in a team surrounded by players who are incredibly, incredibly wealthy and get incredibly more wealthy with each passing week mm. compared to the player with Nathan Ferguson who... I've got a mate who earns more money than Nathan Ferguson. 52 grand a year. 52 grand a year, yeah. So he, Nathan Ferguson is missing out on a hell of a lot of cash not signing the deal on the table. Yeah. He really is. Um, and he's still not signed it. He's still not talking. So he obviously thinks... or That doesn't ring well with me, to be honest. His agent I, I guess you're think, worried. His agent obviously thinks that he can get a hell of a pay deal either somewhere else or more from Albion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a real shame, really, because he's honestly, I've spoke to him, he's a lovely lad, mm. Ferguson. He's a lovely lad. What about Grady Diangana? Um, not, well, I'm not asking whether he's a lovely lad, I'm sure he is. Um, West Ham have the ability to recall him, not to the original date that we thought it was. No, that was a right balls up. Yeah. <laughs> so, and people have asked, I genuinely don't know what the answer is. Everyone was sort of told it was the 14th and that was coming out of everywhere it was coming out of like sort of Albion end it was coming out of West Ham men reporters were saying it everyone seemed to think it was the 14th and all of a sudden it's the 27th is this just a typo in a contract or something it might it's something like probably a silly, something as silly like that yeah. Um, yeah it's just it's the 27th I think Dean Garner will stay um, the, site, the omens were good when David Moyes came in and they won 4-0 yeah and admittedly they've gone on not to win the next game so what Dean Garner basically comes down to is who is in charge of West Ham and how sensible they are. And luckily for Albion, they had a sensible manager in terms of Dean Garner and Pellegrini and they've now got a sensible manager again in Moyes. So mm. what I mean by that is if you were completely... If, if they appoint a completely new manager, yeah. obviously Moyes was there before, they wouldn't know really about Grady Dean Garner. Mm-hmm. They'd obviously see him in games for Albion, but they'd want to see him in training. They'd want to see if he could force his way in, maybe. Now, <clears throat> David Moyes obviously knows about Dean Garner to a greater extent. Also, it comes down to... This is what it comes down to, Grady Dean Garner, really. Is Grady Dean Garner going to transform West Ham's season? That's the question. Mm. The answer, as much as I think he's an absolutely fantastic footballer, is probably not. Like he's West Ham are going to have their issues with or without Grady Dean Garner. He's not going to come in and f- I mean, are they four fifth bottom? Yes, something like that. He's not going to be a difference. He's he's not going to go in there and fire them to fire them to eighth. Mm. He's just not. They've got Felipe Anderson. They've got Michael Antonio. Who's the other guy? Uh, they play on the left. I can't remember. Uh, they've got Felipe Anderson, Michael Antonio. Uh, Lanzini plays in the middle, doesn't he? Not too sure. Fornals was played there. Oh, Pablo Fornals, yeah. Um, so, I think West Ham see it as, we've got Grady Dean Garner, he's a really, really good player. We want him to develop. If he comes back, is he going to make a substantial difference to us? Probably not. Mm. That's not to say he's not going to go back and play every week for them next season. In the future, he'll In, be a big player for a moment. Yeah, but I think they think he needs game time. And can they get not get by without him, but... Can they just do? Do they really need him now? And I think the answer is no. And I think Moyes understands that. Mm. And I think that's why he will stay. Look, they lost to Sheffield United. If they keep losing games, the clamour from fans, from West Ham fans, will be to call him back. And Moyes might come under a little bit of pressure then mm. to recall him. He might feel like he has to do it just to appease people. Yeah. Um, but it seems like. 
Moyes very much thinks Dean Garner needs to develop and play exactly the same as Pellegrini. Obviously, Albion want him to keep him and for him to develop and play. So it's looking very, very good. Mm. But the 27th can't come quick enough. Two uh, weeks today. And we were so bloody close and it was the 14th. Yeah. We were almost there. But yeah, I think I'll stay. We will see. Right, let's go on to questions. Questions. Right, I've got 20 minutes. I've got to finish it after three. I've got so much work to That's do. fine. We can do it. We can do it. First one comes from Theo. Um, are we being linked to wingers or is there any idea from the club that we will be going after one as I don't really think Matt Phillips is consistently good enough? Um, <clears throat> sorry, I just got a message. Ooh. Oh. Wingers? Um, <clears throat> wingers. So, who does he think are good enough? Sorry. Uh, he, he says Matt Phillips he's, he's not sure he's consistently good enough Theo says so there is I understand where he's coming from there Phillips started the season on fire didn't he hot and cold blows hot and cold blows hot and cold probably summed up against Charlton on Saturday when mm. I thought he was absolutely anonymous in the first half then for 15 minutes or 20 minutes he was absolutely devastating mm. like he was just like give him the ball give him the ball and then he sort of went off the boil again and went quiet so I understand that. Look, it's form, isn't it? It's form. Um, he needs to regain that form he had earlier in the season. Mm. He's very good for a goal, isn't he, Matt Phillips? Yeah. Um, when he's on form, he's got good delivery. He's a good championship winger. I think, personally, I think that's all he is. Mm. Um, I know Premier League clubs have been in, in, in for him in the past. For me, he's a good championship winger. Uh I like him, but I don't. I'm not his biggest fan. Mm. I don't know if there's any. I don't know if there's any. Like obviously, Bowen's a winger, and they like Bowen, so they're not. <clears throat> I don't think they're ruling out wingers. I think if you can get someone who plays on the wing and up front, Bowen, you're laughing. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I just don't. The issue is that they've got they they can put, play Pereira out wide, which isn't. Isn't the answer for me, but they can do it. Mm. They've got Phillips. Dean Garner will hopefully stay. They've got Kyle Edwards. They've still got Willock, who... Billich, every time he's asked, stresses that he is doing well and he is under consideration, but he wasn't even involved in the FA Cup at Charlton. So he doesn't seem to be involved. Mm. But there are options there. And it's all about harmony. Like, you can't stockpile players. Look... I did a piece on the trans, like just on Saturday we put out. Look, you got, and they're not necessarily wingers, but Ali Al Habsi, Dara Roche, like Gareth Barry, maybe even Charlie Austin or Kenneth Sahore or. Albion got some big players sat in the stands when mm. they play. They're not even on the bench. You can't have a massive, massive squad because it does affect the harmony of it. You, like, you can't have a, a squad full of players who never think they're going to play. Mm. I think there's enough players in Albion's squad, if I'm honest. Um, it's basically... I think the question basically comes down to you're going to have two players for every position. Yeah. And I think you've got Dean Garner, you've got Phillips, you've got Edwards. Could you add one more winger, potentially? If you're playing Pereira as a 10. If you, but you could shift Pereira out there. Kravinovic maybe could do a job out there. Robson Carney could potentially do a job on the left. Mm. Look, if Dean Garner goes, I think they desperately, desperately need a winger. Yeah. But if he stays, I think they don't. It's interesting. Uh, just in terms of the harmony of the squad. 
Mm. I don't know. What do you think? I think they could do with a winger. If someone, if if they went and got Bowen, I think he starts. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think you start in you you three in behind. Uh, Bowen on the right, Pereira in the middle, and Dean and Garner, Dean Garner on, on the left with Robson Carnu up top. But how do you think Phillips would take being sat on the bench for the rest of the season? No offense, Matt, Matt, but I mean, Bowen scored at twenty goals, twenty odd goals this season. Yeah, but it's just yeah, you know, you're right. Look, if, if they could, I'm sure if they could buy Bowen and put him in, but. That's, that's twenty million pounds, and you're probably not going to get Bowen. So, you, so what you're trying to do is find a winger that's maybe slightly better than Matt Phillips, which is mm. going to be hard. Matt Phillips is a very good, is a good Championship player, perfectly suitable to start Championship Championship games. For perfectly suitable to start Championship games for a side going for the title. So you need to buy, and Dean Garners don't like grow on trees, do they? Like, no. there's not going to be another player. I've always said it. There's no, there's no player as good as Dean Garner who's not going to be playing in the Premier League, is going to come out on loan, really. Mm. They're not going to just... Players as good as Dean Garner just do not become available. Unless unless Mateus Pereira. <laughs> yeah, but that's... We don't know what's gone on there, do we? That's something... Iffy, that is. Um, <clears throat> so, I don't know. I don't know who you could get that's better than Phillips for a reasonable price that will do a much better job that, will, that won't then just... Is that worth upsetting Matt Phillips you've already got players at Albion who are, I think who are itching to play mm. Higazi like, I think Higazi is not happy not not happy but he wants to play rightly so rightly yeah so if you drop Matt Phillips there's another one who's going to be wanting to play you've got Harmony is so important and they're such a happy bunch at Albion like they really are it's a real close-knit squad they, they are they always say it. they're really good lads Bilic is just a, like the manager you dream of playing under because he's such a good bloke. Mm. There's that, there is that real togetherness. I don't think you want those divisions in the squad mm. for a player who potentially will not be as good as Matt Phillips and who potentially will sit on the bench when you've already got Kyle Edwards sitting on the bench. Mm. I know I'm just rambling on here. I'm rambling, rambling on, but I don't, I don't know who you get. Mm. GWBA, yeah. next question. I read your article earlier on O'Shea and the contract's offer. Do you not think this is a bit late to offer a contract seeing that he, along with Edwards and Fitzwater, will be free agents in the summer? Uh, have Edwards and Fitzwater been offered contracts too? So Fitzwater hasn't been offered a contract yet. Edwards has got a year option in the club's favour, so mm. they can trigger that at any time. So Edwards isn't really out of contract. Yeah. Um, is it late to offer them a contract? I think it is quite late for O'Shea, actually. Mm. Um, Only really emerges season though. But then, because I asked Bilic about him on Friday, um, and he said, I've said all along, he's the present and the future Mm. of the club. And he said he's been saying that since July. Yeah. So I don't know why they've waited so long. If Bilic has been saying all along, he's the future, I don't quite know why they've waited so long. I think they probably should have offered him a deal sooner. Probably. Um, Sphere outlines glad you're back Luke was very quiet on Twitter yes. uh, <laughs> can't think why yeah very good um, <laughs> that was grim by the way uh, is it true that Gale is still our number one target and we aren't looking at any other strikers kind of cover Gale a little bit yeah I wouldn't say I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Gale is the number one target there's a little bit of Gale information oh, for you there you go I just thought I'm not I'm not I don't know who Bilic's number one target is, basically. Mm. I don't know where these names are on the list. I know Lyle Taylor is on the list, but near the bottom, apparently. 
I think Gale is higher up that list than Lara Taylor, but is he the number one target? I couldn't say that. Mm. I couldn't say that. Interesting. Chris WBA, what food did you have at Charlton both times, please? Uh, sausage roll. Sausage roll both times. Sausage roll. Um, how, I'm not telling you, do you expect us to make any signings and is Gale a realistic target for us? We can't cover Gale again. Um, do you expect any signings? Give me a number. Yes, I expect signings. Two? Two, yeah. Two. Two or three. Um, I'm not sure there will be though. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm really, really like confused by how, it. How, how did your poll go? There's a question. Yeah, we'll have to look at that in a minute. Um, Dan Nash does Pillage have a plan B? It seems the opposition of what's out lately, like and some tactical adjustments are often needed to keep the teams guessing. Yes, we've missed Dean Garner, but that's not the only reason for the dip in form. So he's always said he has a plan B. Um, I, I think we saw it. We saw something of it at Blues, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, three-five-two. Um, yeah, so yeah, well, I think that maybe that might be the plan. We have a bit. I don't know what a plan B is either. I'm, I'm saying I don't know a lot, but basically we asked Bilic about a plan B quite a while ago because he obviously plays four-two-three one every week, and he sort of implied that he doesn't like three at the back systems. Mm. Um, so I thought the plan B would be a four-three-three. Well, it, when you look at that Blues game, it wasn't really three at the back, was it? Because you had Nathan. Was it Nathan Ferguson? You had someone who was hanging back and you had Darnell Furlong just bombing forward. I mean, Darnell Furlong was basically told, forget defending. Carl yes. Ed- it, was, it, was, it was Carl Edwards. Carl Edwards was actually the wing back, but he didn't defend either. I mean, they, they were, I mean, it was, they almost were playing with four forwards, yeah. of which Furlong and Edwards was one of them. It was Austin and Robson Carno. Mm. Pereira, I mean, they, did go, they had to go for it, didn't they? And they did. It was brilliant. It was an absolute masterclass from Billich, that was. Yeah, it was Ferguson, Bartley, and Ajay was the back three. Mm. Um, with Sawyer's dropping so deep that I thought he was playing centre back. He was re- like he was dropping in to pick the ball up mm. from those. Almost like a sweeper. Yeah, he was going so far back. So yeah, that's what I logically you'd say. Plan B must be three five two because that's what he did at Blues. Mm. But then he did sort of hint that he's not a massive fan of three at the back systems. But um, so he does have a plan B. He does have a plan B. He does have a plan B. Should we quickly mention this poll? You put out a poll saying, um, if Albion keep Grady Dean Garner and Nathan Ferguson this month, would you be okay with no new signings? Over a thousand people voted, Joe. Not bad, is it, in two hours? No. 31% said yes, they would be okay with no new signings. 68.5%, nearly 70% yeah. said no. So I'd be in the first category. I'm okay I with that. I think they'd be okay. I think... I think signing a, a a striker who is prolific will guarantee it, will rubber stamp it. Um, Ryan Glasgow said, how was your time off, Joe? How's the little one? He's good, mate. Thank you very much for asking. Um, Paul Chappell, looking long term, you can't imagine any of our front three doing the business regularly in the Prem, therefore shouldn't the club with an eye on getting there be investing in players who can make the step up? It's interesting because... Um, Luke Dowling in program notes, I think it was the Leeds game, yeah. said that last season they looked too heavily at players who would be able to do the job in the Prem as well as the Championship. Yeah. And they think it worked against them. Yeah, that is interesting. I know Bilic very much sees it as a long term project at Albion. Mm. And I know he sees things as piecing together bits of the puzzle gradually. 
Um, so that's why I think Bilic would want to make sign-ins with an eye on the Premier League. Mm. Um, but maybe higher up, yeah, maybe they've learned, they feel that's not the way to go after last year. Um, it might mean that loans are the way to go this season. Yeah. Might be that. That's that, yeah. That's mentioned in my Gale story later, actually. Mm. I think Albion would love a striker like Gale on loan. A Che Adams, maybe. Che Adams would be brilliant for this side. Um, they'd love a loan deal and then get to the Prem first. With an option yeah. if you go up. Yeah. That'd be ideal, well, wouldn't it? Um, JP Genius, two questions from this person. Um, first one, after Saturday's sloppy central defensive display, is it time for Gazi to return to the starting eleven? And also, having having seen Villa lose 6-1 last night, thanks for that, uh, and Southampton getting clobbered 9-0 a few weeks ago, would it be more enjoyable for Alvin to just stay in the Championship where the games are much less predictable and actually quite exciting? So, they're two very, very interesting questions for me. The Agassi one was, I can't, me and Steve Steve Madeley from The Athletic, we got the train together mm. on Saturday. and Didn't want to go in my car, ladies and gentlemen. Didn't want to go in your car. Um, on the way back from Charlton, sort of getting the train from Charlton back into centre of London to get the train back up, all we were talking about was whether Agassi should come back in. I think you, what you give up in one respect, you gain in another. Because I think... Albion love to play out from the back. Hagazi is, what I would say, of the three central defenders in terms of Ajayi, Bartley and Hagazi, is the least adept at doing that. Right. So I would think you would give up something in playing out from the back, but you would gain, obviously, some aerial presence. Because Hagazi is quality in the air. Yeah. Although, Ajayi and Bartley aren't bad in the air. So this is controversial, but I think I'd bring him back. Would you? I'd bring him back for the next game, yeah. Um, based on a couple of things. One, I thought he was excellent at Charlton in the FA Cup. Now, that was a bit of a reserve game. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a championship intensity. But he was very, very good. Very, very good in the air, which is what Albion had been missing. Mm. Um, and I would... I'd drop Bartley, which is damn harsh... Damn harsh because he's had an excellent season. Yeah, but I think it might just give everyone a bit of a kick up the backside. Mm. If a player, Albion have struggled dealing with things in the air in recent weeks. There's no doubt about it. Hagazi would help with that. Mm. So that's part A of bringing him back. Dropping Bartley, it's nothing. It's not really against Bartley, but it would. I think it would just give everyone a bit of a shunt that a player who's been so good this season, mm. and he has been really good, was dropped because for a couple of games, things haven't been going quite right. I think that would just give everyone a little bit of a wake-up call. You have to drop Bartley, unfortunately, because I think you need a Jai's pace. Yeah. So that's the only reason why I'm keeping a Jai in over Bartley, mm. to keep his pace in the side. It's not It's not I prefer Shemi Ajay over Carl Bartley. I don't. I'm just saying that if you're going to drop someone, it's probably best it's Bartley. Mm. Um, but I think that's I think it's I think it's something seriously worth considering. Um, and the other consideration is going three five two. Yeah. Um, or three four one two. Um, 
Well, you sat in FIFA 20 for a while, mate. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Um, keeping Pereira, Brian, the front two. And having, I mean, Albion have got the players to play wing-backs. Mm. There's no doubt about it. Um, Livermore and Sawyers could sit in there with Pereira bombing on and keep... Maybe put Robson Carno up front with... Austin or Zahor. Austin or Zahor, but probably Austin. I think Austin thrives in a two. Mm. Um, I'm tempted... Yeah, I'm going on again, but I'm tempted to see Agazi back in the side. Yeah, that'll be interesting. A um, couple more. Daniel Privet, um, what do you think Bilic will do now in the Cup now that the Cardiff game is three days later? I hope he plays a strong team to see how we do against Premier League opposition. I don't think he'll play a strong team, unfortunately. That'll be my story tomorrow as well. I think... I, just, I think it'll be remarkably similar to the team that played at Charlton mm. and why I think that will be explained in the story put out tomorrow basically with quotes from Billich mm. uh, Jack Williams I can't understand why we're not in for Che Adams to me he's exactly what we're after he has pace he's a decent finisher at this level I'd rather go and get for 10 million that's been reported than spend 8 to 15 on Gale any day of the week your thoughts he's also young English lower wages to Gale and some relative sell on value if he doesn't cut it for us can't argue with anything he said there. With the ex, I don't. I don't know how you feel. I feel Gale can do it in the prem. I, I think he can. Um, injuries this season haven't been his friend though. No. Can Adams do it in the prem? I mean, he's not done it at Southampton, has he? Um, but he's obviously a lot younger. They said that they don't. They can't believe they're not in for Gale uh, for Adams. I don't know. I don't, I, mean, I don't know if they're in for Adams, but I certainly don't know that they're not. Yeah, um, it could be. He could um, be on a list, couldn't he? Somewhere. He, um, Che Adams on loan, I think would be a great signing. Che Adams on loan, review to a ten million pound move in the summer. Great deal. Yeah, I think would be a brilliant signing. I think uh, no, yeah. local as well knows the local. area. I just think it all kind of works out. Yeah, he'd be a decent signing. He'd be decent. He'd be decent. Right, Is that uh, it? We're done. We're done. We're done. Sorry we didn't get around to every question, but as always, Joe Messi is super busy. I'm super um, busy. And I've got a large turkey ham and leek pie to eat. You so. have, mate. You have. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you um, missus eat that with you or you're going to have it on your own? Uh, I'm not eating that on my own. Look at the size of it. It is massive, yeah. I mean, look at how many calories do you reckon are in there? Has it, has it got details on it? No details. It's like proper, that is. That's, not... a, that's, that's a good 1,400 calories right there. Yeah. On a tray as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll probably share that with Mrs. this evening. Oh, lovely. Oh, I'm yeah, pleased. Yeah. So we'll eat it tonight. What are you going to do with this scarf? Uh, obviously, we're going to go and have a picture of I've it I've got now. a great wood burner at home. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a wood burner. You have to stick it up over your bed or something, aren't you? No, that won't be happening. Can you imagine that? My missus having, to, to, uh, having that above our bed. Yeah. No, it would not go well. Um, you get a I, picture though, aren't you? Gonna do uh, it, we'll, you know, do, we'll do a picture. Like a new sign in, I'm doing it now, but like, like that. Oh, I'm not doing that. you got to do this, mate. Oh, Christ almighty. We'll see. Um, all right, but that just about does it for my I mean, no Stoke preview, we just do not have time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably do a video or something later this week. Yeah, we'll do a bit, yeah. Yeah, don't make promises you can't cash though, mate, because on Friday I'm coming ask you for a, a cash. Cash? Well, don't write a cheque you can't cash. Oh, right. You know what I mean. Um, yeah. Because Friday will come, I'll ask you for a video and you'll be like, oh, I'm too busy, man, I'm too busy. Too busy. I'll do a video on Friday, it's fine. Um, Yeah, all right, okay, we'll do a video talking about Stoke. Um, But yeah, that just about cuts it from me, from Joe, unless you've got anything else to say, Joe? No, all good, thank you very much. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. I'm going to go eat this pie, Joe's going to do some work. We'll speak to you next week. (laughs)